Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about building brand awareness, visibility, how you can grow your brand to get much higher results. I love this topic. I think without branding, it's hard to go ahead. And I see when companies pay a lot of attention to ACO, social media, and forgetting about brand, uh, I'm not sure it's possible to get high results. That's why I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Lorraine Shukart. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Anatoly? Thank you for having me here today. Oh, for me, it's a big pleasure. I'm excited to learn more about building brand awareness because, you know, I grow my brand, uh, personal brand. Uh, I have two companies, so I need to get more engagement. Uh, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about brand visibility. Yeah, so I am a brand strategist and storyteller. I have my own agency. It's almost 10 years old now called Prosper for Purpose. So we help people who want to create a positive impact in the world do better so they can create more impact. Um, my background is PR, which everyone automatically thinks is just publicity, but it's really not. It's about building mutual beneficial, mutually beneficial relationships between you and your stakeholders. So the people you want to work with, your team, your um, partners, all of that. So I really love this topic because it just is really about helping people better express who they are and and who they want to serve and why, right? And And that's the essence of the personal brand. Nice, nice, love it. Uh, let's talk about PR. You know, uh, I found, uh, you know, many PR specialists uh, use generic methods. For example, when I uh, try to cooperate with some uh, experts, but, you know, uh, they usually, uh, you know, they pitch generic stuff, promotional stuff, mm -hmm. and we can't get any results with that. Can you tell more about creating uh, or writing press release or anything else that can help to uh, gain links, mentions, uh, increase uh, brand awareness? Because, uh, yeah, because of, uh, I don't know, like, because we have still have a lot of generic stuff that doesn't provide any results. It's obsolete. And why journalists need to link to promotional content? It's better to ask, pay money, you know, <laughs> use our uh, paid advertisement that we have on our website like on Forbes if you need it so you can pay for that but if you can share something valuable unique interesting newsworthy so you can get it can you tell uh, from your experience how to do it yeah absolutely so what you're saying makes so much sense yeah generic pitches press releases for no real reason other than you're hoping to get your name in print those never work because journalists are looking to bring value to their audience. So you need to first know about who is this journalist or, you know, depending on the medium, of course, it could be TV, it could be radio, it could be print. Who's their audience? What's their audience interested in? And how can I bring value? Too many people start with, I want to get publicity and too many agencies, unfortunately, or individual PR people just pitch, pitch, pitch. But the reality is you really need to start with research. 
who is the best fit? Now, a lot of people say, yes, I want to be in Forbes. And um, we've we've had clients in Forbes, but know why you want to be in Forbes. You know, you want to know, am I looking just to be able to say I was in Forbes or do I really think that my ideal customer is reading Forbes and this will get them to come to me? So yeah. it starts with knowing what you want and why you want it and then doing your research. But then it gets back to brand again. So why you for this particular audience? Why you for Forbes or the Today Show or even your local TV station or radio station? What is the value that you can bring? When you approach it that way, not only do you have a better chance of getting media coverage, but you also have a much better chance of getting media coverage that benefits your business. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. Can you tell more about this research or practical tips, how to do it? Because, you know, uh, I, I speak with many marketing experts, uh, PR specialists, and they have different approaches. And I found one interesting thing. You know, the era of lazy marketers is dead, you know. So uh, if you use just generic methods, uh, online tools or uh, uh, studies, uh, it's hard to provide yeah. something interesting and unique. Tell your uh, or checklist or practical tips how to do it. Yeah, I would say um, a, a really easy way is to either think about the media that you pay attention to or ask, and probably both are beneficial, ask your customers what media they're paying attention to, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. If you want more of the same, find a couple great customers and say, you know, what media are you paying attention to? And you want more of the same, right? We all want to kind of replicate or clone our very best clients. So what media are they paying attention to? Then you research that media. Um, you, you really get to know it. what kind of stories are they covering, who writes or produces for that channel that you can reach out to. And then what is the angle that you're going to present? So again, it goes back to what's my purpose? How do I research this media? Go to your clients. Then how do I pitch this media? Starts with who? Who do you need to be reaching out to? And that that takes some time. It takes some work. If you're not a PR person that has access to an online database, you're going to have to manually do this research. That's okay. Start a spreadsheet. Who should you reach out to? And then what do you want to say? So it starts by showing that you're familiar with that channel and then telling them why you think you or your client would be a good feature or guest for that particular media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Valuable. Uh, let's talk about tools. Uh, can you tell or list uh, your loving tools that can help? to provide this PR campaigns and uh, about their benefits uh, or uh, how it can help to save your time with automation and many others. Yeah, so there are many um, research tools that you can that you can use. We're currently clients of Muckrack. There's also Cision. Um, there are I hate to single out certain companies over another. It's not a one size fits all. You can check them out and see works what works best for you. We like um, having that media database because, of course, it saves us time and because we know media some media. Um, journalists are freelancers, they write or work for multiple channels, and those are updated in pretty close to real time. Whereas if you're researching it manually, starting a spreadsheet, 
that journalist may have left and gone somewhere else. And so you want to keep track of that. But as far as the actual pitching, we do that individually. So we do the same thing that anyone else would do doing this on their own. We send individual emails. Now, occasionally mm -hmm. we do send a press release. If you're starting a new business or you've added a new, you started a new company like you, you run two companies. When you started that second company, that would be worth a press release. If you're having an event, a big event, or you're doing something that is truly newsworthy, then a press release makes sense. But most of the time, it's that individual outreach. And that's why it can be expensive to hire help for that, because it's really a, a lot of time doing the research, putting together the pitch, sending it out, following up. But the great thing about earned media is that it, it has more credibility than advertising or even anything that you say about yourself because it's vetted theoretically by that third party and presented. And that is really the true value of earned media. Nice, nice. Love it. Uh, by the way, uh, can you share the average data? For example, you know, uh, I cooperated with uh, a few PR specialists and they sent me the report. They sent like 2,000 emails. I got zero mentions, zero uh, links, uh, nothing, you know. But I have this uh, nice-looking report, you know, with many emails. <laughs> Can you tell? And you mentioned that it takes time to research, to find the right recipients, you know. Uh, how many emails can you send by one press release from your experience? And uh, how it takes time, you know, to get the list of these recipients? Yeah, 2000 without any hits. I don't, you know, I don't have all the details and I never ever want to criticize any of my peers, yeah. but that seems like a lot not to get a mention. So there are a lot of, um, if you're on Facebook now, you'll see um, there are companies that say guaranteed mention and you can add your ad scene in bar for only, I don't know what it is, you know, between 500 and $1,000. And what they're actually doing is buying a like a wire distribution for you and it does you can land on those sites and it's kind of complicated but basically you're landing on the site not necessarily in the site so you don't get the same kind of pickup from that um, you don't necessarily get this, you don't get the same backlinks all of that it's not quite that call it quality coverage but sure, you can say, you know, I was on, I landed on this paper in Omaha, Nebraska. Never mind that my business is, you know, in the south of France, but I got here. So again, it goes back to why are you doing this? But I would say um, we're working with a client now who's Canadian and we were able to um, secure her first placement in, I would say it was, fewer than 25 outreaches. But again, it goes back to, are you doing your research? Are you reaching out to the right media? Or are you just doing in the industry, Call it we call it spray and pray, which is like, I'm just going to send this to everyone. And I would question yeah. whether they actually sent 2000 individual emails or they did it like a bulk list and just sent the same email to everyone that's never a good idea either. Um, and so if you're really taking the time and doing the research, it's not going to take you 2000 
individual emails to land something. Something else is broken if that's what's happening. There's no One. magic number. That's hysterical. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's talk about uh, writing the pitch. Uh, can you tell how to find the right ideas uh, combined with uh, company preferences, unique selling proposition? And uh, because uh, journalists can link, but they need to get uh, links worthy content, newsworthy content that uh, can help their audience you know, to provide some value. Tell more about creating the right pitch. Yeah, so um, I will say one thing before creating the right pitch. When you start pitching the media, one of the things we always do with our clients is to make sure that um, just as you're researching the media, they're going to research you back. So you want to mm -hmm. make sure that your main profile, your LinkedIn profile, whatever you know, your your main social profile is, your website, that you're positioning yourself the same way that your PR, your marketing person is positioning you when they reach out to the media. So if I say that I'm a brand strategist and storyteller, but all it says on my profile is that I have a PR agency, I can't trust that the journalist is going to know that those things are interrelated. I have to make sure that that my unique selling proposition or my value proposition and how I present myself is consistent across platforms. But then when you're pitching, I think it starts again, your pitch should open with making a reference to the journalist about either something they've recently published, a story they've recently produced. Again, I keep saying journalist, but it could be the producer, but the person that you're contacting with to give some kind of frame of reference that you're not coming cold, that this is not a generic email that you've instantly sent to 2000 different outlets or 2000 different um, contacts, but rather that it is very personalized to the person that you're writing to. And then from there, you introduce the person, their unique selling proposition, very short. And then a lot of times what we do, especially if it's for an interview or a feature, we'll say, um, you know, this, this person's specialty is um, just gonna, they, um, they make I was talking to someone about this this morning, so it's a crazy example, but let's just say they make um, bottle caps, okay? Mm -hmm. So this is a bottle cap maker, but their unique value proposition is that they're making bottle caps to preserve medications for longer because we found that there's a deterioration process, something like that. And so they can talk about these three things. They can talk about manufacturing. They can talk about advances in design and technology that have enabled them to create these bottle caps, or they can talk about the dangers that happen when you don't have your medications and other things sealed properly. So that's a wild out of the air example, but those are somewhat very different topics that they could bring to the table, all from being a producer, manufacturer of bottle caps. And so when you're working with someone to really extract why you do what you do, 
who you do it for, or that bigger cause, you know, like we're concerned about people not getting the full value from their medications. Those are great stories to tell. Who can you tell those to? So here's here's a pitch with three different topics. I can pitch that to technology and design publications. I can pitch that to manufacturing publications. I can pitch that to general media, media that covers the state where this client may be. It just opens up all these possibilities. And, and from there, you know, it's, it's not going to take you 2000 emails to land coverage for that client. And I just made all that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, it's more important, for example, uh, results you know if you send 10 emails and get uh, 10 links 10 mentions it's much better than you send 10,000 emails and zero mentions and links <laughs> yeah can you tell about um, how it's important uh, to build relationships before sending these pictures because you know I, um, for example i check out one study that only eight uh, percent on all emails are open so Many emails are ignored uh, in PR. I don't know exactly about the number, but uh, probably closed uh, or uh, I don't know. It depends. But, you know, uh, iPhone uh, people usually open emails from their customers, colleagues, uh, friends. So uh, I'm not sure that any PR specialist can be on this category, but you can build relationships. You can be a friend, so you can uh, provide uh, a strong reason, a solid reason uh, to be mentioned. Can you tell about this, how to build relationships and how it's important in PR? Yeah, absolutely. Well, PR is all about relationships. The definition is building mutually beneficial relationships. Um, I will say a couple of things. First of all, it's impossible to build, especially now, it, um, it is impossible to build really strong relationships with media unless you're focused on a, in, a, in a niche. So for someone who is in a certain industry um, that where the media is usually trade and they cover specifically that industry and maybe a few reporters that are beyond that, it can be really tough. Most agencies are working with a variety of clients. And so they're always going to have some relationships, but how those relationships typically start is you pitch them a good story. You show that you did your homework and it was something that made them look good as well. And so they know the next time they get an email from you that it's going to be another good pitch. Even if ultimately they don't end up doing that story or cover that client, they still know that they can count on you for pretty good pitches. So I say it starts with acknowledging, first of all, reporters are looking for good stories, right? And so they're not going to ignore all the PR people who are pitching them good stories unless they're seeing subject lines like, um, you know, best clown in the world and they're a hard news reporter or something like that. Like if you're pitching them something that's totally off base, you know, yeah, they're not going to open emails. They may block you. They may send you a nasty comment. Um, because you're wasting their time. But we also have to remember that just like we're looking to tell good stories to help our clients grow, they're looking to tell good stories to help their circulation, their um, their viewership, whatever that is, grow as well. 
And so we want to pitch stories that we have researched and really believe are a good fit for them. And that's how we cultivate those relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, on your LinkedIn profile, I found uh, that your company can develop a narrative and creative for more uh, than 40 brands uh, across North America, helping them stand out from their competitors, attract their ideal clients and customers. So I'm interested about that. Can you tell about your unique selling proposition? Uh, what kind of difference you have compared to other PR specialists and uh, how you can uh, provide creativity for your customers to stand out from the rest? Because um, I often see when companies uh, replicate what their competitors have, but you know, competitors uh, are good with their strong sides. They have mm -hmm. their unique selling proposition, even if you sell the same product. Yeah, for example, let's imagine I, I sell iPhone. Yeah, but it, it doesn't mean that I, I can't have my unique selling proposition possible. I can set up some apps or anything else. So let's talk about creativity and how you can help your customers to stand out from the rest. Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is, um, and that's why I usually tell people I'm a brand strategist and storyteller. What we really do is we start with getting to know our client, whether it's a, a company, a nonprofit, or an individual. And we we started this because the first couple of years I was in business, people were coming to me saying, my PR agency is not getting me any coverage. My, my marketing person in-house is doing a terrible job. And what it turned out was, I can tell you that I want you to make me this gorgeous, this um, gorgeous, gorgeous and delicious muffin, right? But if I don't give you the ingredients, if I just put you in a kitchen and there are, you know, there's no flour, there's no anything to enhance it, there's no baking dishes, how, how am I going to make you that? Or how are you going to make me that muffin? You can't. But this is a lot of times what companies do with the people that they hire or they outsource to. They don't give them the ingredients. So we started realizing this and going back to the beginning and saying, okay, we're not just going to take whatever you give us and start pitching it or start marketing it. We are going to take you through this process. Even if you already have a brand, you can give us that. But we're going to work with you to uncover what is unique, not only your unique um, value proposition, but what is unique about you. So again, if I'm in real estate, for example, there's, you know, real estate like every other market is saturated. But if I'm focusing on helping senior citizens who are moving out of the house, they raise their family in, downsizing, worried, you know, really considering, okay, um, we're going to be limited, living on limited resources. I'm going to ask that realtor, well, why is that important to you? Right. And typically you're going to find a personal story, but people never think that anyone will care about their personal story. But so if I can position that realtor to be able to say, I serve people who are, you know, downsizing from family homes, looking for affordable living. And then as they get to know, they call into that real estate agent because that that one is very specific to their situation. And that realtor can say, you know, I went through this with my grandparents. It left a lasting impression. I want to help more people like my grandparents so that this doesn't have to be such a difficult process. Again, I'm making all this stuff up on the spot. 
but that's another example. So that's what we do with our clients. We really get beyond the unique um, value proposition and understand why they do what they do, what their purpose in doing it is. And, and we bring that into the story, sometimes fully and sometimes in a very nuanced way. And that helps them stand out in a saturated market where it's just noise and all the noise sounds the same. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, purpose, yeah. Uh, you have uh, this word in your uh, company name, <laughs> Prosper of Purpose. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, okay, uh, can you tell about common mistakes that companies, agencies, PR agencies still do, uh, but you don't recommend to do them because it doesn't work from your experience? Yeah, I would say just like what we talked about earlier, don't um, cultivate an email list and then send the same email to everyone hoping someone will reply. First of all, you're going to end up in their promotions folder. Um, so they're going to know that it wasn't an individual pitch. It's not personalized. You're asking them to build a relationship with you around your client, but you're not making the first move. So I always say, give value in advance. So show them that this is a personal email. Show them that you know it's very customized to them, that you've done your research. You're giving value because you're saying, you know, I've done some research. I hope that, you know, I'm vetting this person. I mean, you're not writing that, but that's the intent behind it. So I would say, you know, just be really conscious of the fact that, yes, journalists are looking for good stories, but that doesn't mean that you can blanket them with the same pitch because they will know that and it's 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 a turnoff. Um, I think another thing is to really take time with your clients and really take time with research. Too many people are in a hurry just to start pitching and that doesn't serve you. It's a mistake. You really want to, it's better to cultivate and work a smaller list than it is to spray and pray every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. You mentioned about uh, sharing stories, you know, uh, for example, uh, uh, when I watch a presentation with Tim Cook about new Apple Watch, I bought you know, my Apple Watch, uh, not one pair, I bought for my wife or my son because, you know, they probably kill me, you know, if I buy just for me. You know. So, yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah, and I found one interesting thing, uh, uh, even quote online, that uh, brands don't sell products, they sell stories. And Apple can do it, you know. I, I don't see on their uh, presentation a lot about their features. Uh, probably other watches have the same, similar features. But they share stories how this Apple Watch can help, you know, uh, to decide problems, uh, can help simplify your life, many other stuff. Can you tell how to craft the story uh, in PR? Uh, so uh, probably because, you know, um, uh, I remember this uh, quote from Mark Twain that uh, I have no time to write uh, short email, so I write a long one. But in PR, we can't. We can't write a long email. Uh, so because, uh, yeah, when uh, recipients have uh, a minute, to check out one email so they open and say oh no way i have no time to read it it's better to skip it so yeah it's hard can you tell how to craft the story in your email and to be successful you know in future yeah i think it's uh, you know we, we're thinking in sentence structure right so your intro could be like two sentences 
like, um, you know, dear Anatoly, I have read uh, several of your features in Inc. Magazine. I, you know, I particularly enjoyed the one about Lorraine Sugart and talking about Brand Story. Um, I have a, I'm working with a client that has a different perspective on that. So a great way to reach out to journalists is to tell them that, you know, there's a different perspective on either something that's current in the market. So something that's already getting news coverage and you have a different client with a different perspective. But see, I said that in just two sentences. So then in the next paragraph, you go into your client their unique value proposition. Again, it's probably two sentences. Another sentence about, you know, something that will just make them seem more interesting. And then something like, you know, um, Lorraine could speak on these three topics, uh, brand storytelling, publicity, and going on podcasts. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and, you know, then you've, you've basically presented it and you can end by saying, um, let me know if uh, you're interested in any of these, would love to speak with you. It can be really short. When I open an email, you open an email and they're really long. Even if they're from people we know, we're like, oh, sometimes I'll have 20 tabs open on my computer. I don't have time to read this really long email right now. I'll come back to it, right? And so <laughs> yeah. you want to, you know, you want to grab their attention right away and you want to show them that you value your time. So make your point and make it succinct. Yeah, yeah, love it. By the way, I know some specialists who can write long emails and get success with that so it, it depends in, in, uh, i spoke with a few experts and they told me short emails don't work for me but long works uh, and they spend time you know like to catch attention in the beginning and uh, i don't know like uh, to skim through email when you uh, wanna read more so uh, yeah it, it's possible but of course it takes time to get this experience to go ahead with that yeah right and i think that goes back to know your audience right yeah. i don't think many journalists will respond to super long emails but people on your email list might you know we were doing yeah. long blog form before the research came out saying long blogs actually converted better than short blogs we've been doing 800, 1,000 word blogs, sometimes 1,200 word blogs um, for a while. Um, I like long form. I feel like I can really kind of layer in and nuance some things, especially when we're writing to teach. Um, but that's not for everybody. But, you know, we do only organic SEO and our blogs drive, tra drive traffic to our website like crazy. So, again, it's know your audience. What what are they interested in reading? Yeah. And, you know, uh, for example, if I uh, take my loving offers, uh, uh, for example, Jack London. Yeah. Uh, if I read his books, he wrote them 100 years ago. Yeah. I can't stop reading them. I can't stop. <laughs> I can read eight hours without stop. I can't forget about eating, about water, about anything. You know, I, I'm on this book. I take part on all this adventure. So, yeah. Uh, and um, once I spoke with uh, Jack Edwards, uh, he worked in uh, Business Insider for many years, like 10 years. Then they sold the company for $500 million. And he shared to me uh, their success depends on creating non-boring content in boring niche. So they found the way and told, okay, we are not interested to share 
boring content. We are not interested to share interesting content, excitement content uh, in business niche because many business books uh, are good for sleeping. You know, you know that it's important. But when you read, you wanna sleep. You know, you can sleep the whole night and uh, don't remember anything from that. So yeah, right. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. Okay, uh, okay. Let's talk about. Uh, let's imagine you have no experience, no knowledge, skills, anything. You just wanna start uh your journey uh what will you do today uh to learn more about creating brand awareness um i would say read our blog that um that would be helpful free content look for free content but again i always always say whatever you do start with research don't just read anybody's content like don't go out there and google how to develop brand and and read whatever comes up you want to vet your content you want to look at who's writing this what is their experience because you know there is no barrier to entry at this point anybody can open a website write things present themselves as an expert but what is their expertise what is their background and and yeah sometimes people realize that they have a real talent for something but you don't want to be getting pr um experience from someone who is famous because of something that happened to them what are they going to teach you about pr are they going to teach you you know you can't replicate what they did so they they learned in a way that you can never access and yet those people are out there telling you they'll tell you they'll teach you how to become famous and so you have to bring a healthy dose of skepticism but i would say start by looking for free resources and for a lot of time growing brand awareness look for agencies that are writing about that because they do know what they're talking about most of the time um, because they're doing it for clients on a regular basis look at people whose brands you like and see if you can reverse engineer look at their website look at their social profiles and see what they're doing again it's not about replicating anything that anyone else is doing, but it's about gaining knowledge so that you can make the best decisions for you and your business. Yeah, awesome, awesome, valuable. And uh, uh, I think, you know, when you learn, you need to implement, execute everything that you've learned. Yes. Because, uh, you know, it's like uh, if I read a hundred books, how to play basketball. If I don't play, if I don't take this ball and don't go to the field i'm not sure that it's possible to be a good basketball player so it takes time uh, you can learn but it's better to implement everything anything good you know, point because, yes yeah because you no know, people have short memory and they can forget about uh, new skills for a few days for me i can forget for a few hours you know uh, about new skills but when i uh, and i've learned from bill gates when he reads books he usually knows everything you know he notes uh, great points interesting thing uh, because of this short memory it's better to note everything and uh, implement yeah mm -hmm. test it without testing it's hard to go ahead i have the, uh, the question about the future uh, can you forecast the future in pr what kind of future will be from your experience uh, because in many things are coming metaverse virtual reality web three zero what do you think uh, in PR, what kind of future will be? Uh, uh, because you know, uh, I still get like SEO is that, uh, blogging is that, YouTube is that. What do you think PR will be that or not? 
Um, I think PR is always going to be around. It's going to change, just like everything's already always changed. When I started doing PR, there was no internet. So um, totally <laughs> dating myself, but true, right? There was no internet. So we were calling outlets and try and trying to find the right number and talking to people. So it's still going to be about relationships. Um, the technology will make new ways of building relationships possible, but we only fail when we forget that what we're trying to do is still to build relationships. And so always keep the person at the forefront and and be kind and show up and give first. And that I is just not going to change. I don't see that changing, even if we go to all kinds of, you know, virtual type situations in the future. I also think that the lines between PR and other forms of marketing and communications will continue to blur because how we we build those relationships changes over time and morphs. And so I think that we need to be less concerned with labels and more concerned with results. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And uh, by the way, guys, if you want to build relationships, launch your podcast, you know, the best way. <laughs> so you can build relationships that we uh, do right now with Lorraine, you know, yeah, we are building relationships with our family. So uh, yeah, you can do as well to invite great experts, uh, specialists and build these relationships. Uh, I'm pretty sure it works in PR as well. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned a few times about uh, SEO. Can you tell how to craft uh, SEO strategy? Because, you know, I see when uh, webmasters open iCHREPS, uh, SEMrush, MOS, any other great tools, find a list of keywords and uh, they don't consider many things that uh, almost uh, Google uh, lists like a million website results uh, for any keyword. And it's, uh, it's complete competitive, you know, it's hard. Can you tell about your strategy, how to find the right keywords and consider your unique selling proposition, uh, customer preferences and uh, yeah, using that. So our strategy is um, varied at different times. So we've used different things like, um, you know, uh, SEMrush and other platforms. Neil Patel has a great platform as well that you can look at uh, what words people are searching and finding out why people are already coming to your uh, website, what they're searching, how they get there is one thing, but we don't want to necessarily just keep attracting people looking for those things. So we have fun with sites like Answer the Public, where you put in a term that maybe you've already written something about and you see they do kind of like a mind map for you of all the different related topics. Now, a lot of them you just kind of laugh and say, well, no, that that's not really a good fit. But some of the other ones, it's it's a creative exercise. So what things could we talk about? So that's another one. And then we might narrow it down. And then a lot of times we use our clients and we'll say, you know, what would you like to learn more about? And what how that started, ironically, was in the first few years, some of our clients would come to us for something very specific and didn't know that we also did these other things. They would say, hey, do you know anyone 
that actually, you know, say they came to us from narrative branding. They wanted us to write, you know, figure out why they're special, help them write their website. And then they'd say, do you know anyone who does publicity? <laughs> like yeah. we do publicity. What are you talking about? Um, so being really clear about those things, like, okay, we, we apparently need to cross pollinate, not only our, our own audiences, but like people that are out there searching. So then we, you know, we write our blogs around that. We have a blog, I think it's like 25 tips to build your personal brand. Right. And so you can go to our blog website and look for that, or you could Google that and, and come across it. But people love numbers. So if you can give people a number to do something, that's one way, but really it's, personal branding is a thing. So how many different ways can we talk about personal branding? And we don't necessarily do this because we don't write blogs every day, but we'll think about like, what are the top ways that we help clients with their personal brands? Let's write blogs about that. Again, it's give value in advance. I teach, so I'll teach free sessions on different things. And people will say, don't you worry that you're giving too much away and I say no, because if people can take what I'm giving them on my blog, I also have a podcast, by the way. So that's another one. You know, I teach on my podcast in alternating episodes when I have guests on, and you'll be a guest on my podcast. Um, so then from there, it's, you know, what, how can we enhance the experience for people? And so then we write the content and then you go in and you put in your keywords and your meta keywords and, and the data within there, the terms that you're using. So we're not sophisticated SEO people, um, but we're good at the organic SEO because we're good at helping clients understand in addition to, you know, their niche and what they're really focused on. What are the additional questions that your clients would have? You solve this problem for them. What's the next problem? Or you do this. What's an associated thing that maybe you could help them with that isn't part of your main core, but is associated with it, for example? So, you know, we might write a blog on why podcasts are the best thing for to build your personal brand. And we'll talk about how to choose the podcasts. So, you know, it just is something else that is associated with what we do that people will find that blog. They'll come to our website to read it or they'll go to the podcast and listen to it. And then they'll see all the other things that we do. And then they'll say, oh, maybe I should reach out to them because they actually um, you know, are like a one of those universal keys that can kind of unlock a lot of things for me. So it's just really sharing what you know, because there will always be people that will try and implement and either they'll succeed or they won't and they'll come back because, you know, I don't have the time to do this on my, my own. Or I took everything you said and I'm making progress, but then I'm not working on my business. I'm working in my business. So I need someone to do this. So I always say, don't be afraid to share what you know. Nice, nice. Love it. Love it. Uh, especially you mentioned, you know, uh, I see when you share all this valuable information, you, uh, you care more about people, about human being, not about search engines, about SEO algorithms, because Google serves human. And it's a big mistake. Yeah, 10 years ago, yeah, we did it. We, uh, I uh, paid a lot of attention to Google. Today, I don't. I don't. I see all 
many great content creators, they forget about Google, they forget about SEO algorithms, they think how to create content much better uh, than competitors have to help their audience better. If you can create such content, Google will feed your audience with this content because right. yeah, you, you have much better content. I love it, love it. Lauren, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you, listen to your podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. My podcast is called The Prosper Project, and it's available on all the main um, podcast platforms. And I talk about marketing and PR. And every other week or so, I also interview people who have built businesses. And it's really about defining success on your own terms. So I'm going to share with you what I know to help you be successful. But it's also about not looking at success as what your peer or your competitor. And I always say peers rather than competitors because um, I think peers can work together and create great things. Again, it's people. And so when you're people first, when you come from service rather than sales, you're going to grow a business that you love working with people that you enjoy working with. You can also find us at prosperforpurpose.com and we have a free guide there on media pitching. So um, if somebody wants our free guide, you can get grab that on our website as well. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Big pleasure. Welcome back anytime to share more valuable insights. I love it, guys. You need to listen to audio podcasts. You need to follow uh, Lorraine on social media, open her website, uh, and you can see it's not a generic pitch. It's more about sharing value, helping others, supporting them. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.